Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. All right, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. I'm your other co-host, Donnie Cage. Mr. Cage is in the building. Ding, 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 ding. How's it going, sir? Finally, the cage has come back to the building. (laughs) I'll take that as you're doing okay. I'm doing great. That's fantastic. All right, so uh, a lot of things going on in the world of wrestling. If you've not listened to us before, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. Also, hit your notification button because that's going to allow you to know every time a new episode is uploaded. We do two episodes a week, normally on Tuesday and Saturday, so be sure to check that out. Also, Mr. Cage has another podcast that he co-hosts with. If you want to tell him about Uncaged Voice, sir. Yes, sir. The Uncaged Voice podcast is co-hosted by myself, Jigsaw Jester, and Top Tier Rated. We talk about all entertainment, news, movies, gaming, a little bit of wrestling, and various other topics on there. Definitely check us out on our official YouTube channel. Also, if you like to stay on top of current events, local, uh, world news, as well as American politics, check out the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I do host it. We drop new episodes there every, at least twice a week, normally every Wednesday and Saturday. Sometimes it's a little mixed up, but we still get two episodes a week out there. If you'd ever like to be a guest on this show, though, Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. Uh, Or no, don't do that. Not if you want to be a guest. (laughs) If you'd like to be a guest on this show, please email us. Or if you have a question for Donnie or myself, at OLKentucky99 at Yahoo.com. That's OLKentucky99 at Yahoo.com. Also, in the description below of the podcast, there is links to the merch shop, our website, and also our links to our social media. We're on Facebook. We've got a page on there and other places as well. So check that out. And that is Against the Mat, our wrestling podcast. All right, so let's get into today's show. Uh, Let's see. We do have quite a few headlines to go over, but what I think we should do first is let's go over Raw results. Raw was interesting this week. A lot of things, and then there's even some headlines that came out before Raw and after. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's start off with Raw. So we had the Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso, and Sola Sequoia. 
their baby brother, versus LWO. Kind of an interesting, if I don't, kind of an interesting setup to maybe a new faction feud, maybe. Although I don't think LWO has a prayer. Uh, the Usos did win this match. As, uh, once again, Santos Escobar, I thought he looked good. However, the other two knuckleheads, eh, you know, I think they're a waste of space. So just my, just my opinion, folks. Your thoughts, sir. You know, Kentucky guy, this match was a pleasant surprise to me. I, there was never any doubt in my mind who was going to win the match. But there were a couple of hope spots that the LWO got. There was at one point, there was a really good Phoenix splash that Del Toro landed on one of the Usos that looked really good. Um, and then, of course, there was that spot where he was flying across the ring. Looked like he was attempting the coast-to-coast -coast drop kick, and uh -huh. he got intercepted in mid-air by the Samoan spike from Solo Sokoa. That was a crazy spot. So I have to say the match, in terms of the quality of the match, it exceeded my expectations at the very least. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I just don't like the two on that team. I think if you're going to have, if you're going to try to reinvent something that was so great as LWO, you just you have better, you have better participants. But I feel the same way about the Jericho Appreciation Society. They've got a couple geeks on there that I don't think belong there. So that's just my opinion. All right. So uh, backstage. Jey Uso saw Sami Zayn. Zayn said, hey, man, I'm not here for a fight. But he heard Jay saying he's dedicating the match to Roman's, Roman Reigns this Friday where they face Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the title. And he wanted to question why is he not doing it for himself. He told Jay that now that he, had, he attached Reigns' name to the match, if he comes up short, it's not going to be good, and he doesn't deserve that. Jay asked why he cared. Zane said, because he feels bad. Jay said, don't feel bad because he's going to take back the tag team belts. He told Zane not to worry about what's going on over here because Zane made his choice, and like it or not, Jay made his choice also. I thought that was a pretty interesting segment. Uh, we've got a headline coming up later about how Kevin Owens feels about this. Kind of interesting twist on it, but yeah, we had the Street Profits face Sheldon Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Once again, didn't have any interest in this match whatsoever, but the Street Profits did finally get a victory, so yay, I guess. I don't know. Your thoughts on those two segments, sir? The tag match was, was what it was. It was a match. Um... When was the last time Shelton Benjamin and Cedric actually teamed up? I mean, the fact that they were saying, oh, these, these guys, they're an established team. I'm like, yeah, they were an established team like two years ago. They've, the Hurt Business has been broken up for a while, and these two have not been teaming on a regular basis on Raw every week. But for whatever reason, they decided to lump them together as a team again. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where all four of them go in the draft. Um, unfortunately, I don't feel very optimistic for Cedric and Shelton, but the Street Profits, could they possibly be split up at long last and we could see that singles run from Montez Ford? It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, as far as the segment with Jey Uso and Sami Zayn, very interesting. Very interesting because it goes to show you that despite all they've been through, 
despite all the wars they've had now. There's still mutual respect between those two guys. And as we saw later in the show, Jimmy Uso wasn't too happy about it, and we'll get into Kevin Owens' reaction as well later. But I, I can't help but feel that these two are very reluctant to fight each other, even though they don't have much of a choice. Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, this is, uh, I think Triple H said it best during the post-interview of WrestleMania. This story isn't over. It's just adding more layers to it. Also on Monday Night Raw, Triple H had a major announcement. Once he got to the ring, he said, Roman Reigns has held the title a long time, but did not defend it as frequently as the fans would have liked. So whatever brand Roman Reigns gets drafted to, he will take the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship with him and stay there. The other brand will determine a new champion. Finally, finally, how long have we been saying this? Since last SummerSlam? Uh, Will determine a new champion. On Saturday, May 27th at Night of Champions, they will crown a new World Heavyweight Champion. This will be a champion who will defend the championship anytime. I love this. Anytime, anywhere, all over the world. This champion will earn the fans' acknowledgement and earn the title of World Heavyweight Champion. So, what that means is, finally, with Triple H at the helm, they're going to have a champion like like Kenny Omega used to do. Remember, Kenny Omega at one time had like four or five belts in All Elite, that will be able to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling, possibly Impact. They'll never do anything with AEW. Uh, but these other federations and these indies and defend the title. I love it. I love it. He just hinted at it in his speech. I know he didn't come out and say it, but I'm telling you, and this title is spectacular. It looks like the big gold belt with the WWE logo put on it. So I, I really enjoyed that. Let me talk about one other match here, and then I'll turn it over to you, sir. Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Eos Guy uh, versus Bianca Belair, Raquel Rodriguez, and Liv Morgan. I don't understand why they let Bianca Belair pin Bailey again. It's kind of like Bailey's been her punching bag since she's been back. And I'm telling you, damage control is getting ready to break. They're getting something's going to happen there. They're going to turn on Bailey, or Bailey, or either Eos guy is going to almost win the title from Bianca Belair at Backlash, and Bailey's going to get involved and cost her the match somehow, and act like it was a mistake or something, because Bailey does not want to see that girl champion. That belt is hers. Is my thought. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I. I wonder really what's going to happen with damage control after this. I mean, WWE could pull could pull a shocker on us, and we could we could see an upset, and Io Sky could win the the title from Bianca Belair, and maybe that could be what forms the uh, foundation of the breakup of damage control. It could almost be similar to what happened many many years ago with Evolution, when Randy Orton won the World Heavyweight Title from Chris Benoit. And Triple H immediately kicked him out because he was supposed to be the center of the group. He was supposed to be the champion. Wait a second. I w- Wait one second. Do you really think it would be an upset if Eos Sky won? Because Bianca Belair technically has never beat her. 
it technically it wouldn't be an upset if you know their history, but if you don't know their history and you've only seen what they've done on the main roster, people would be like, well, where did EO Sky come from that she could beat Bianca Belair? Gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. That's all I meant. Um, and actually, until you brought it to my attention, I wasn't aware that they had wrestled in NXT, or I might have had a very vague memory of it. Um, but seriously, don't don't completely discredit EO Sky. I mean, I've never I never like to bet against the EST, but anything can happen in pro wrestling. Anything can happen on any night. Um, now, as far as the world title goes, I've got so many feelings about this. Um, in one sense, I love the design of the belt. I love the fact that we could have a title that's defended on a more regular basis, a world title, I should say. Um, and if what Triple H is saying, is, is hinting at, is true, that it could possibly be defended in other promotions, I'm all for it. 100% if they can follow through with that. Um, that would be great. Uh, it would be unprecedented, honestly. Um, the only thing I worry about with introducing this new title is it almost feels to some degree like the title is sort of devalued from the very beginning. And the only reason I say that is because for a thousand days, for around a thousand days, no one could beat Roman Reigns. He still, regardless of how you treat it or how often he defends the belt, he is still the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. He's the, the head of the table and the tribal chief. So... Even if you do introduce a new world champion and they do defend it on a regular basis, well, yeah, that champion's certainly going to have my respect, but I'm still going to, in the back of my mind, say, but this person never beat Roman Reigns. And, and that match will come, I think. When they have, when they crown a world heavyweight champion, a, uh, and I think it should be Seth Rollins. I'm just throwing that out there. It should be, it's got to be Seth Rollins. Anyways. <laughs> When, when they crown them and they defend this title for a while. By the way, I'm wondering if they're going to, are they going to make a new belt for Roman Reigns or just take away the old world heavyweight title and just let him use the universal belt? Or Because he said undisputed universal championship. He didn't say plural. They normally say plural because there's two belts. So... Well, no, he did say undisputed WWE universal champion. Right. But he didn't say championship, plural. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's true. And it, and it kind of yeah, defeats the purpose, him having both belts any longer if they're introducing the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, this draft has got me so so confused and so excited. It's really untelling what's going to happen. Another group that might get set up in the next match, we had Chad Gable uh, face Mustafa Ali. Uh, of course, Otis was with Chad Gable and Maxine Dupree. <laughs> uh, Mustafa Ali won the match. Uh, don't really care. Uh, the only thing that I don't like about this match is Chad Gable is such a better technical wrestler than Mustafa Ali. He's just a way better at everything. And I just don't get it. Neither one of these two have had a push in forever. If I was going to finally give a push, it would be to Chad Gable. So that's just, that's just me. And then we had Finn Balor versus Cody Rhodes. Actually, Judgment Day came out at the beginning of Raw and tried to recruit Cody Rhodes to Judgment Day. Didn't work out. Finn Balor ended up stepping up to face Cody Rhodes. 
And your winner, of course, Cody Rhodes. He's on a streak right now. They're not going to let him let him lose the match. I thought Finn, Finn Balor looked pretty good during the match, though. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of tired of saying that. Seems like I say that every week, that uh, Finn Balor, well, he lost, but, you know, he didn't lose bad losing. Dude, he's the head of one of the hottest factions on Raw. Let's, uh, let's let this guy win more. And then I've got one last one, and, and then I'll turn it over to you. Uh, Rey Mysterio faced uh, Damian Priest. Damian Priest was disqualified. However, however, Bad Bunny did come out with a kindle stick. They kind of got into it. Uh, he did grab the microphone, and he said he's not just he's not hosting Backlash, but he's going to be a competitor in Backlash, and he's going to face Damian Priest in a straight fight, which I knew that was coming. Uh, I think that's going to be, I don't see how they, there's no way they can put Bad Bunny over Damian Priest in the match. So I don't know how it's going to go, but my money's on Damian Priest all the way. Bad Bunny's a okay wrestler, I guess, but he's not a wrestler. He's a performance artist. Uh, your thoughts, sir? Oh, it, no, no doubt they're, they're doing it because of, as an attraction, because, Bad Bunny's a, a super big star over in Puerto Rico. So I understand the reasoning for booking this match. And I'm sure it'll be fun. It'll be a spectacle. Um, I wouldn't put it past WWE to book Bad Bunny to win this match. But I would agree with you. Putting Damian Priest over would be the smart way to go. Because honestly, the thing is, and I don't know if you've really noticed this in some of the segments lately, I feel like Damian Priest is starting to get more to the forefront as of late, and Finn Balor is starting to be pushed off to the side a little bit. Um, I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to have a clash as to who's the leader of Judgment Day, but I wouldn't be too shocked if Damian Priest kind of slides more into that role in the near future. Because again, as you pointed out, Finn Balor always looks good in his matches, but Looking good uh, d doesn't mean anything if you can't score a victory. And Cody Rhodes beat him uh, fair and square on Raw. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm still a fan of Finn as a wrestler, but he hasn't been picking up the wins lately. Um, and then the Chad Gable Mustafa Ali match. You know, both guys are talented. They're not in any storylines. They're not in any worthwhile storylines right now. And um, you know. It's unfortunate uh, that Chad's not getting more of a push. I mean, Mustafa picked up a victory. That doesn't mean he's getting a push. That just means he won one match. So, yeah, kind of unfortunate that they're not utilizing either guy uh, better right now. Yeah, I agree. Now, our buddy, uh, Warren Marlowe, uh, he said uh, quite a few times when he was a guest on the show that Damian Priest is the true leader of Judgment Day because. At that time, Damian Priest was wrestling more matches. Or no, Finn Balor was wrestling, and I think he still is, more matches on television. And Warren is right. In most of your factions, the other guys in the faction, besides the leader, are the ones that wrestle day in and day out, day in and day out. I'm not talking about like pay-per-views or anything, but just like a regular Raw or SmackDown. So, yeah, I can see that possibly happening. I'm just wondering... This is another one of my questions when it comes to the draft. What if they get split up? What's going to happen there? This draft man can change so many things 
it's just, uh, you know, it's a game changer. That's what the game says. So we'll see. All right. So let's get into the first headline of the day. I'll take the first one. I'll give you the next two. And here we go. All right. So question mark is Stephanie McMahon coming back after resigning from WWE? Recent teaser sparks belief. Stephanie McMahon left WWE in January 2023. Uh, she is a foreman WWE chairwoman, has always been a, a vital part of the Stanford-based promotion. Vince McMahon's daughter joining the wrestling business in 1999 as a model, but later got into positions that directly influenced the product of the company, taking on a creative task and later spearheading partnerships and growth programs as the chief brand officer in july 2022 vince's department uh, departure led to stephanie being elected as a co-ceo and chairwoman under her leadership and triple h's creative guidance wwe reached many milestones with its premier live events according to reports backstage morale was very high however stephanie resigned earlier this year in january to get treated for an ankle injury that's not why she resigned. Come on. Stephanie's McMahon uh, WWE exit at the beginning of 2023 was a huge letdown, but she could be back soon. Xerox News recently reported that Triple H has an announcement to make on WWE Raw following that they took to Twitter to cryptically post the lyrics of Stephanie McMahon's Queendom theme. The future tweet has sent wrestling fans into a frenzy. And that is, style and grace, I'm never going to be done. Lean on in. Now welcome to the queendom. The queendom where the kings bowed out. They relinquish your crown. You're going to hate me now. I'll just turn that around and make you love me, love me, love me. 180.13. So she could potentially be back as an on-screen personality soon. She used to be the general commissioner from 2016 to 2018. Provided that the WWE draft is around the corner, general manager Adam Pierce could be shifted to SmackDown permanently while Stephanie could go handle, go on and handle the red brand. Guess what? I'm here for that. I'm okay with that. Let her come back. I enjoyed it. I now I enjoy Stephanie when she doesn't, when she does. Best for business when she's a GM. I don't enjoy Stephanie when she's has a, a flunky called uh, Baron Corbin and just tries to be babyface. Just it's stupid. But I do. I like this. I like this a lot. And I wonder if it was originally going to be Shane McMahon because remember he came back there in WrestleMania, but he got hurt. He got hurt. Like for real got hurt and was unexpected. I just wonder, because I said that night, I said, I wonder what their plans were for him going forward. They're not going to bring the owner or former owner's son in just for one match and say goodbye if he wouldn't have got hurt. I mean, come on. But uh, anyway, sir, your thoughts on that headline? Well, if it's true that she's coming back, then I would especially say from a backstage behind-the-scenes perspective, um, I think this this would be a good move because it seems to me like overall 
she was very well respected in the locker room and among the uh, other employees at the company. Um, you know, she wasn't considered a very once you you know once you get past the whole she was married to Triple H thing many many you know which they've been married many years now. Um, you know, she became someone who was very well well respected throughout the company, and she worked her way up. Um, she had she had to earn it just like everybody else, and. Um, you know, bring her back to television, and even if it's just for a limited period of time, would be would be okay. I wouldn't have an issue with that. But um, I I think it's her expertise that she brings to what goes on behind the scenes that really would be beneficial to the company. And who knows, maybe with her um, being Vince's daughter, she could perhaps convince him to stay in his lane a little bit more and not get so not still try to get involved with the creative end, like more or less like let. Triple H do his job here, and you just handle the business side like you've been doing, Dad. Yes, I couldn't agree more. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. They're going to have, you know, I've never seen a draft where they didn't have two general managers, one for each show, because that's who does the drafting. So yeah, there's got to be another general manager somewhere. All we have is Adam Pierce. Yeah, right. I mean, there, there's got to be. Yeah, I, I'm I'm correct about that, right? There's always been two two separate people, one running each brand to do the draft. Normally, yeah, since they introduced the draft. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think they're going to let Adam Pierce uh, do both of them, both shows. All right, sir. Next two headlines are yours. All right. WWE is teasing the breakup of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Boo. WWE is leaning heavily into the idea that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn could split up after Friday Night SmackDown. During a backstage segment, Sami Zayn tried to talk some sense into Jay Uso and asked him what happens if they don't win the tag team titles. Sami warned about the repercussions from Roman Reigns if that happens. Jay turned it around and told Sami that Kevin Owens is going to turn on him. Later in the show, they had Sami, KO, and... Bro, in a room, and KO got upset at Sammy when he learned that Sammy was talking to Jey Uso again. KO wondered why Sammy cares so much about what happens with Jimmy and Jay. Since they won the WWE tag titles at WrestleMania, WWE has continued to tease the Owens and Zayn breakup, despite the fact that KO and Sammy reunited just before WrestleMania. Well, first of all, let me just say that if they were to do this now, I think it'd be really anticlimactic, to say the least, and very disappointing, because they had such a big moment at WrestleMania, teaming together for the first time in quite a while. It was huge. I mean, it was one of the highlights of the entire um, event, maybe the highlight, honestly, other than Rhea Ripley winning the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, so to, it's, to break these two up that quickly, I'm, I'm not really in favor of that decision. All that being said... I've kind of felt since these two first joined forces again that there's something going on um, that that I can't quite put my finger on because even when they stand in the ring together and they talk, it almost to me feels like Kevin Owens has been putting on a little bit of an act, whereas everything that Sami Zayn says to me comes across as being 100% genuine. I don't know if you got that feeling too, Kentucky guy. Here's the thing. This was a year-long storyline, and, I mean, 
we're still in April, the month of WrestleMania, where they won the titles. You mean they're not gonna they're gonna have the titles a month, less than a month? And you're gonna have them break up? That's what it's saying. It's saying after Friday night SmackDown, that means they're saying that it's possible they're gonna lose to give up the titles to the Usos and then possibly break up. Now my feeling I've always felt a little bit different. I always thought that Kevin Owens is is Kevin Owens and he's he's always acted like Kevin Owens. He's just he's always acting even when he was uh Kevin Stein in Ring of Honor, he's always had that brute mentality and yeah, so I never did pay attention. I always thought Sami Zayn was a little fake on all these emotions towards Kevin. I thought he was over you know how they say you overplay your hand? I always thought he was going too far. Mushy and good stuff and hugging him and this and that. And I, I just don't buy it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong and maybe Kevin Owens is the one that's gonna turn on Sammy, but I've always thought Sammy Zayn was going to end up somehow using Kevin Owens to get a singles title. I've never spoke that out loud because, well, I think it's, I thought, I thought they were going to be tag champions for a while, like a, a long while, like at least a couple months. But uh, talking about breaking them up already, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm Like, like I said, the storyline to them winning the title was a year in the making. A year in the making. So, I don't know. Weird. All right, sir, you got the next one. All right. AEW's Wardlow on a possible match with Goldberg. It does not get bigger than that, he said. Fans have compared Wardlow and Goldberg as they have a similar entrance and are booked alike. With Goldberg now being a free agent and being open to any possibilities... Although he's leaning towards doing a four-city tour, AEW President Tony Khan has stated that he's keeping his eye on the legendary wrestler. Speaking with Simon Miller of What Culture Wrestling at WrestleCon, Wardlow was asked about whether he had heard the rumors that Goldberg said at WrestleCon that Wardlow was next and pointed at him. Well, I actually, I actually pointed at him and said, bet you're, bet you're ASS I'm not next. Yeah, you got you guys uh, just missed it. Goldberg did did walk through just a minute ago, and we exchanged words. Don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but we both mutually agreed that if the opportunity comes, we would love to see who really is next. When asked whether facing Goldberg is a dream match for him, he said it was. Yeah, if you could have Batista, Lesnar, Goldberg, I put those three in the same category of like dream monster matches. Goldberg is. We just heard Wardlow. We haven't heard that chance since Goldberg. I think Wardlow versus Goldberg, it doesn't get bigger than that. Simon Miller noted that Wardlow could be the one to retire the WWE Hall of Famer, who still wants a proper retirement belt. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like Wardlow has enough star power, to be perfectly honest, to be the guy to retire Goldberg. I don't necessarily dislike Wardlow, but... Other than a similar chant, I don't see too many um, commonalities in their in-ring style. I mean, Wardlow's known for doing the Powerbomb Symphony. Goldberg's known for the Spear and Jackhammer, which are two completely different types of moves. Um, 
So I, I you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like if Goldberg's going to have a retirement match, it's got to be someone with bigger name value. Personally, just my opinion. If we're going to, if this is going to happen, and I'm not going to watch Goldberg wrestle again, I don't believe. But if you have to have this match, for the love of God, don't have it with Warlow. I would rather see, believe it or not, Matt Cardona take this match, this retirement match with Goldberg. Then Warlow, Wardlow, he's just not, I mean, if you don't watch AEW Dynamite, you don't know who the guy is. He does not have a track record in the indies. Nobody knows who this guy is. So why in the world would Goldberg want a no-name to be in his man? I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I see these guys goofing off and maybe them maybe them thinking more of the situation or the confrontation than what really happened. I just I don't get it. But uh you need to you need somebody who who's been around the game who has I tell you somebody that comes to my mind would be great to retire him would be Bubba Ray Dudley. He's out of retirement now on Impact. Everybody knows the Dudley boys, everybody knows Bubba Ray is a Singles competitor. Yeah, there you go. And, he's, and he can still go. He just fought for the uh, Impact World title not that long ago. So he can still go. There you go. And he can, he's old and well-known, but he could still probably carry Goldberg in the match. Just don't let it go over like 20 minutes and, you know, make him look halfway decent. Uh, what are your thoughts? Who do you think should face Goldberg? What do you think about Bubba Ray? Uh, uh, me personally, that that's not really a match that appeals to me. I mean, not no disrespect to Bubba Ray. I just that's just not a that, that's just not somebody I see as the one to retire Goldberg. Um, so Kentucky guy, to answer your question about who should retire Goldberg, if he was going to wrestle somebody from AEW, I would like to see somebody who is already a proven star, a legend in the business, someone he's had real life beef with in the past who has actually never beaten him. But wouldn't it be something if he were to finally get that that hard-earned victory over Goldberg? And that's the person I'm thinking of is Chris Jericho. Yeah. yeah. See, now, here's the problem with that. <sighs> I'd have to watch the match because I'm a Jericho fan. I really don't want to see Goldberg's old butt in the ring anymore. So, <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. If you're going to choose AEW... Of course, there's history there. That makes more sense. Yeah. And I would say if he somehow came to terms with WWE to wrestle a retirement match, this is a little thinking outside the box and probably wouldn't have happened. But the guy that I would think could really, really use a use a rub from beating somebody like Goldberg, Karrion Cross. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. Is Karrion Cross? is he just going to put over Shinsei Nakamura? Shinsei Nakamura just come back, and now they're kind of having this feud or whatever, or or something's going on with Karrion Cross and Shinsei. And Shinsei's just now coming back, so I just wonder, I just hope that they're not planning on Karrion Cross just being there to put Shinsei over. I like Shinsei Nakamura, but he's had his chances, plenty of his, plenty, plenty of chances. And Karrion Cross has not. He's not had any real chances 
on the main roster. So that's just, I want to throw that out there. All right, so it looks like I've got the next headline. This next headline, folks, was from yesterday before Raw. So just to let you guys know, because the next, the following headline ties right into it. Vince McMahon, actually, I'm going to read both of them, one then the other, and then we'll discuss them. Vince McMahon hacking up script for WWE Raw this week. WWE is preparing for another episode of Raw this week, and Vince McMahon is at it again. Although Triple H is the chief creative office, his father-in-law has all the power in the world to make changes. This is happening once again this week, and there are a few changes going on. We previously reported that Vince McMahon will not be at WWE uh, Raw this week. This does not mean he cannot make changes to the show. After all, he can do a lot remotely. PW Insider noted a report behind their elite paywall to say WWE Raw is quite chaotic backstage. Vince McMahon may not be there, but he's making a ton of changes. As of the last 30 minutes, the uh, PW Insider has been told there have been some major changes to, to tonight's Raw script. We're told the changes are being made remotely at Vince McMahon's request. It was also still noted that it's not at a level, it's not at the level of a few weeks ago yet, but it's bubbling towards that direction. If you remember, the Raw after WrestleMania was a cluster with Vince McMahon changing everything around. It was also noted the more information is coming out on tonight's episode of Raw, hopefully things work out for the best because WWE can be quite chaotic at times, especially with Vince McMahon in control of things. All right. So that's one. Here's the second headline. Vince McMahon reportedly changed matches, match finishes, cut segments during WWE Raw. There are a number of things changed on tonight's WWE Raw from Chicago. Reports that the changes came from Vince McMahon, who was working remotely from home. Uh, per the report, McMahon changed finishes, finishes on several matches with some changes to how they got to the finish of certain matches, and in some cases, the actual finish of the match was changed. The match between the Street Profits and a team of Cedric Alexander and Sean Benjamin was added to the show after McMahon's changes. It was also reported that a number of segments with the female talents were cut from the show. That would include a backstage segment that was planned with Candace, Candace LeRae and Piper Piper. Uh, there reportedly was another segment cut that involved Adam Pierce. Sonya Deville, and another, and other female talents. The decision to cut that segment was reportedly made so that they could spend more time on setting up the six-women tag team match with damage control. It is interesting that LeRae and Nevan were cut because they were also cut at the last minute on the Raw after Mania. Vince McMahon was backstage when, when Vince McMahon was backstage running the show. Okay, so. Raw last night was okay. It wasn't a fantastic show like we seen last week, but it was okay. And now that you guys have heard those two headlines, you guys know why. I wonder why the focus was on that six women's tag team because there was no titles involved and it kind of stunk. That doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, sir, your thoughts. 
Well, I want to know uh, what kind of dirt the uh, most of the female roster seems to have on Vince McMahon that he's got to keep cutting their segments from uh, Raw. I mean, I'm kidding, but uh, yeah, it is kind of curious why so many uh, female talents, why they had their, their segments cut or changed in some way. And, you know, he, you know, Vince is at it again. He keeps... He keeps saying, oh, no, 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 Triple, Triple H is in charge of creative. Because hey, he's the game, and he's running, running the show. And yet he just can't help himself to put his fingerprints all over Raw. Um, the man needs to be stopped. Yeah, I tell you, you know, there would, be, there would have never been a female revolution in the WWE if it wasn't for Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Those are the two that guided that path. Vince McMahon has always, always thought of female wrestlers as divas who, well, basically, you just, you know, you had to look good. <laughs> so, but, uh, all right, sir, you've got the next two. All right. Former WWE star was backstage at Saturday's Game Changer Wrestling event which was uh, uh, GCW held its Scene of the Crime event on Saturday night in Orlando, Florida. An interesting name was backstage at the show. Trinity Fatu, formerly known as Naomi, was there. Trinity Fatu, of course, is the real-life wife of Jimmy Uso. As of this writing, it's unclear whether she was visiting or if there is a possible working relationship in the works. The former WWE star hasn't wrestled a match since walking out of WWE last May alongside Sasha Banks, a.k.a. Mercedes Monet, due to a creative dispute with Vince McMahon. Naomi recently abandoned a trademark that was assumed to be her new post-WWE ring name. She also recently addressed a report about her asking price to work in New Japan Pro Wrestling stardom, ultimately leading to parent company Bushi Road not signing her. Well, look, um... Naomi, Trinity fought too. I mean, she accomplished a lot in WWE. She was a WWE Women's Tag Champion, multiple-time SmackDown Women's Champion. Certainly had a good career, uh, a good legacy for herself. She's never been on the level of your Charlotte Flairs, your Becky Lynch's, your Bayleys, your Sasha Banks, even your Alexa Bliss, I would argue to say. Um, but she still had a good career for herself. Now, as far as where she's going to wind up, I it's impossible to say. I mean, she could have just been visiting people that she knows. Maybe she was talking to Game Changer Wrestling about working for them in the future. I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear more stories as the months go on. Yeah, um, what an interesting time for her to be there because Sasha Banks, or, or whatever her name is, Mercedes, or just lost her women's title in New Japan Wrestling at the last pay-per-view. What an interesting time for Naomi to start popping up in the indie scene as well. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I've, I never was a big Naomi fan anyway, so don't really care. Just, uh, But I'm kind of curious about those two because really I would think if I was Naomi, I would be mad. Because the only one that really was hurting was Sasha Banks. She was, she was the superstar that was going to probably get another title run. Naomi's not. But Naomi decided to pitch her wagon to Sasha, or Sasha Banks. 
and left with her. Weird. I don't know. I don't know. All right, sir, you got the next one? Well, speaking of Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet loses the IWGP women's title at stardom event. Hey, I just caught, I just said that. <laughs> Mercedes Monet is no longer the IWGP women's champion as she dropped the title to Mayu Iwatani at Sunday Stardom's All-Star Grand Queendom event. The co-main event bout was back and forth with the finish seeing Mayu going over to end Monet's reign. Following the bout, Mayu asked Monet to get back into the ring where they showed each other respect. Monet told her to take care of the championship. Monet agreed to a contract extension with New, New Japan Pro Wrestling Stardom hours before the match took place as Monet's previous deal was expiring after the match. After making her promotional debut in January at Wrestle Kingdom, the former WWE star beat Kyrie Sane in February to win the title. So it sounds to me like this was only meant to be a short-term deal from the very beginning. Sasha wanted to have the um, benefit of wrestling over in Japan, probably something she always wanted to do. And, I mean, it's great that she got to step back in the ring and compete against some really talented uh, women's wrestlers. But I guess this begs the question, could she be coming back to WWE in the near future? Could she be AEW-bound? I don't know, Kentucky guy. This is a tough one to call. Yeah, I. Uh, or could she go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling? You know, they they sometimes only do like uh, six month or one year contracts. Very very interesting. I I just she didn't keep that title long. She lost it like at the first the next pay per view, right? So uh, I don't I don't really know. I can can we can I see her on AEW? I can. And maybe a, like a faction or something. Not so much as a singles uh, competitor from the start. I think she'll she'll want to put on this like this uh, bad guy attitude. And let's see here. Okay, so next is mine, right? Doo -doo. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. What's that? I said it's all you. Yeah. Uh, that was your last one too, right? Am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah, that was my last one. All right. Let's see here, folks. Sometimes we like to just chit-chat on the show, so just deal with it. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right, so this headline here actually kind of shocked me. Really did. Uh, had no idea that uh, this guy had the nerve to do this. Anyways, here we go. CM Punk was asked to leave backstage before WWE Raw. Now, WWE usually lets former superstars backstage if the company travels through their home city. Raw is in Chicago this week, and that brought a very interesting name to the Allstate Center. According to Insider, CM Punk was backstage at Raw this week. He showed up and actually spoke to a few people, but that visit did not last long at all. It was noted that CM Punk was backstage before Raw for a bit. And that is a big surprise. After all, Punk hasn't been around WWE since 2014. It was also noted that he spoke to Triple H a bit as well. CM Punk was eventually asked to leave the arena. He still spoke to a few of his old co-workers and had some fun. We have not heard anything about whether his ejection was from the arena. Was a weird situation or was it 
Did it end up weird at all? Punk is still under AEW contract that very well could have contributed to why he was not allowed to stick around backstage. Bull crap because Ricky Starks is under contract and he was there during WrestleMania. Uh, then again, his history with the company could have played into the decision that CM Punk could be asked to leave, should be asked to leave. Of course. Of course. Of course. Right here, the next headline goes right into it uh, as well. My last headline, and I'll let you comment on both. Let me read this next one. Triple H is reported reaction to seeing CM Punk backstage on Raw. CM Punk made headlines this past week on WWE Raw with the cult of personality making an appearance backstage before the latest episode of the Red Brand. He had a quick conversation with Triple H before being asked to leave. The Cerebral Assassin and Pump had a heated rivalry both on and off the screen. The best in the world was seen as someone who constantly questioned authority and never shed away from laying his cards on the table when it came to the booking decisions. In January 14th, CM Punk was abruptly removed from all WWE advertisements. It's well-known fact that he and Triple H didn't see eye-to-eye regarding his creative direction. Punk wanted to main event WrestleMania at the time, but the authority figure thought otherwise. Last night before the shoot went on, it's reported that CM Punk was backstage, met WWE superstars while he was there. He made an effort to clear the air with The Miz, but the main guy he wanted to talk to was the game. Reports say that Triple H was shocked to see CM Punk backstage. The former WWE superstar was looking to have a short conversation with them. They did shake hands before Punk left. It is reported now, ha <laughs> ha, it is reported now that Vince McMahon called in and had Punk removed from backstage. Good for you, Vince McMahon. I agree with that one. So, yeah, I don't know why this guy, I mean, I just don't get it. More proof. He's coming back on television for AEW. That's just more proof right there. So if you were ever doubting it, because now he's trying to so-called make amends with everyone because, hey, I'm going to be back in the game. Watch me, watch me, watch me. Blah, blah, blah. I wish this guy would just go away. Your thoughts, sir? I was shocked when I read the headline. Uh, I, I think I was the one who first maybe uh, might have told you about a Kentucky guy, or maybe you heard about it around the same time. Um, and I did read that, that he uh, cleared the air with The Miz and also talked to Triple H. Apparently, what led to him being backstage in the first place is he was on the same flight back to Chicago with some other uh, WWE superstars. And since they were going to be at the All-State Arena that night, that's what led to him going there i don't know if any if there was a wrestler or two that actually like invited him uh, to come backstage or what or if he just invited himself i i I don't i don't know those details but um yeah i he's just like he he just loves stirring the pot the man the man what's what's the old saying he he, he's he's got to see his name in print or in in the headlines and somewhere he's got to get people talking I guess you could say he's a smart businessman in that in that sense because he's in the headlines just just like that. All he did was show up backstage and he makes a headline. Um, 
Again, I wouldn't read too deeply into this, like people thinking, oh, is there a chance he could come back to WWE someday? Uh, we always, we say it all the time, you never say never in this business, but, oh boy, I mean, this guy's caused enough trouble in AEW, and it sounds like he's on his way back to television, so WWE should not be entertaining the idea of bringing him back. Um, if they, if they want to, you know, bury the hatchet and just clear the air, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but uh, yeah, just getting involved with this guy again after what AEW has had to go, go through up until this point, not a good decision. Yeah, and I don't think, uh, I don't think he got anywhere. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to get him anywhere. I think that, uh, boy, I, I still see a lot of backlash from fans. If you, if you're a true AEW fan and CM Punk comes back and you lose Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and you know that that plays a factor in it, man, oh man, what is that going to do to your fan base? What is that going to do to your fan base? Your thoughts on that? I, I mean, I agree. I, I mean, we've, we've now heard pretty much the full story of what happened. And how anybody at this point in time can side with CM Punk over Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, I have no idea. And, um, you know, they've been there since the very beginning, since the inception of AEW. So for you to lose some of your guys who, who, who formed the backbone of your company from the very beginning, all because you got to bring back this big star and CM Punk, uh, that just goes to show you that there, there is no such thing as loyalty. I mean... When Cody Rhodes left, and obviously he was there from the very beginning, he didn't leave because um, he was trying to get back at AEW for some reason. He wanted to enter a new chapter in his career. He wanted to go back to WWE. Um, he's always been thankful for his time in AEW. Um, but for you basically to put Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in a position where they feel like they're just they're just going to have to leave the company if that actually happens, you know, just because you had to have your way, Tony Khan, and bring back CM Punk. Uh, it's, I'm sorry, but that's not, wouldn't be a good decision. I think, I think there's going to be some, uh, backlash, like major backlash. Uh, no pun intended. By the way, folks, our <laughs> next Tuesday, next Tuesday, next week's show on Tuesday, we will have not only will we have backlash predictions, but we'll be our hundredth show and the end of season two, the end of season two. I know I announced it on Saturday, but I kind of counted the episodes wrong. <laughs> so next Tuesday we will hit 100 episodes. That's right. And we got a little something special planned for that day as well as the backlash predictions. And I know what you guys are thinking. Well, you got a show on Saturday, and that's when backlash is. Okay, if they add anything from SmackDown, any other matches to backlash on SmackDown, we'll add those to the card. But I think after Raw, I think that's going to be most of your matches are going to be there. So, all right, folks. So that's all I do have for this segment, uh, for this show. That's all we've got for you. So, all right. So, once again, I want to, uh, Mr. K, do you have anything left for the show? 
No, Kentucky guy, I think I've uh, covered everything. All right. Well, folks, you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. With your co-hosts, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky guy. As always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you. (laughs) 